Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and the desire for beer leads to suffering. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. Um, And I'm going to start with a beer. This is called... This is a collaboration between Evil Twin Brewing NYC and Moxa Brewing Company, and it's called A Little Less Immoderation, which seemed pretty on the nose for a book about Buddhism. Uh, It is a 14% alcohol imperial stout brewed with raw coconut, toasted coconut, real vanilla, maple syrup, and coffee. So the name is not, you know, there's, there's a, it's not a very moderate thing. It's like a triple negative. I'm, I'm having trouble and realizing where they're ending up at on that. I know, right? I, 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 I'll tell you, this is the 24th can of it I had, and I still haven't figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help when you drink 23 of them in a row. But I, I bought this at the start of quarantine, and it was like 14% alcohol. I don't need to rush it. So I drank only like 12 right away, and then I paced <laughs> myself. That's immoderate. Um, so yeah, this is, this is an excellent stout. Though honestly, I don't get half of these flavors like coconut even when this was brand new when i just i bought it the day it came out basically the coconut flavor really not there and the maple syrup and coffee i mean it's 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 really sweet and delicious but i don't those those individual flavors are hard to pick out for me it's fair there's a lot going on in there i'll just keep drinking booze yep so siddhartha is a novel that came out in 1922 originally it was written in german and was translated into english in apparently 1951 and became really popular in like the sixties in the States. It, it kind of yeah. blew up in like, I think it was, I wrote it down. It blew up in like 57, like the same year on the road came out and, sure. uh, Alan Watts is, uh, the way of Zen. So that whole like beatnik movement really latched onto this and did their thing. Yeah. I could see why it would be so popular with hippies in the sixties. Yeah. That's what I was actually thinking, because I, uh, spoiler, I hated this book the whole time through. I was thinking, why the fuck does anyone re- read this? And why was it popular at all? And I was like, well, the hippie, being popular in the 60s, which is what I thought in my head, and I don't think it became unpopular in the 60s, um, I could see a lot of things that would connect to the hippie ideals and ideas of the world, which we'll get to at the end. So let's go through the plot, because there's not much of it. Okay, no, well, it says... A story of India is how it starts, which for Germans in 1922 must have been like really crazy out there. You know, this story essentially about Buddhism. So, all right. Uh, The main character whose name is Siddhartha, not to be confused with the other Siddhartha or the third Siddhartha. So, yeah, it was uh, definitely kind of confusing, but just a little bit, a little bit of symbolism that he represents Buddha himself. Because if, because as far as we know, Buddha's actual name was Siddhartha. Anyway, this dude named Siddhartha is a from a rich family. He's from a he's he's a Brahmin, which is at the highest of the you know uh, of the caste system. <laughs> they he eats Brahmin them, yes. noodles every day. Brahmin noodles. They're enlightened with MSG. <laughs> And uh, anyway, he's a young, like, adult, and he's just kind of, like, unsatisfied with life, you know, because I guess, I guess being rich and having everything sucks. 
I guess. <laughs> so I'm told. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Just so like he... like the Little Mermaid. He and his friend... Uh, he and his friend uh, Govinda decide that, you know, that they're just going to go live out with some monks in the woods. These are not the Buddhist ones, but it is India around the year 500 BC, which would have been, you know, when Siddhartha actually lived because he is a real character in the book too. So uh, anyway, they're like, go out into the woods and they spend three years with the Samanas who, as far as I could tell, they really just do a lot of fasting and a lot of chanting the word Aum. Do you guys have much uh, background knowledge on Hinduism? Not much. A, a bit, you know, a surface level. Basically, these guys are uh, what is called, they're, they're ascetics, which is like in Hinduism, you know, they believe that the world is an illusion and, you, you know, like Buddhism, you get reincarnated until you find your way out. And these it's called old Samsara. guys. Whoa. Yeah. These here. these old guys, usually people do it when they're old, like, oh, i am had my life now, and now I'm going to go wander off into the woods. And they believe that by shedding basically any connection to worldly things and just abusing their bodies so much to the point that they are no longer connected to the physical world that they can achieve nirvana. And so they basically just treat themselves like shit and live in the woods and beg and just be naked in an attempt to rid themselves of the material world. And most people don't do it when they're young. They just do it when they're old. And that way, if they die anyway, what happens? Oh, by the way, the collaborator on this beer, Moksa, that's also a term in Hinduism and Buddhism. Yeah, I can't remember what it means, um, though. It's um, uh, uh, emancipation, essentially, freedom of some sort. I don't really know how you get to some Moksa, but it's another connection that I didn't even intend. I was just reading this out of the can. I was like, oh, shit. There you go. We're so fucking deep. Nice. Uh, so anyway, giving the Wikipedia and, page and right now to try to uh, make sense of it. Siddhartha and his friend Govinda spend like three years just basically fasting and doing the whole ascetic thing. And then after three years, they're like, you know what? This, this kind of sucks. Like, we don't, <laughs> we don't really like this. This is, this is annoying. But it's not because they didn't like fasting and starving themselves. Apparently they loved that part. It was really just that they found that they weren't really finding spiritual enlightenment. They were like, we're not really finding it here. And these old, these old dudes, they really, they really don't know what they're talking about. So they left. So they leave because they've heard about the great teacher. Gotama. Buddha, who's called Gotama in the book. His real name was Siddhartha, Siddhartha Gautama. Esquire. Lived, which he most likely <laughs> did. Esquire. And so this is when they, they actually go. He, uh, Siddhartha and Govinda go and just like find, they're like, oh, let's find where all the Buddhist monks are. That, that's got to be where Siddhartha really is. So he goes out. So they go out and they find all the Buddhist monks. But first, they find a beer. Uh-oh. Just laying yeah. there. It just, just amazing. Uh, before, they, before they find Buddha, they find a beer. So this is called Breached the Surface by Finback. And this is an India pale ale. Ooh. Uh, and also, it is 6.5% alcohol by volume. Uh, IPA dry hopped with Nelson, Waimea, and 007. Hmm. So it's uh, shaken, not stirred. But unlike 
007, they don't only live once in this. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> the world is not enough, though. That's also... like Yes. In fact, worldly things are, are not good. They turn you into a child person. <laughs> I think we should try today. We found two connections for each beer so far, because that is an India Pale Ale, and what does Breach the Surface have to do with something? Or is it they just because also believe, well, Siddhartha and Govinda believe they haven't really breached the surface as to spiritual enlightenment, so they need to go find mm. more. Anyway, this is a very nice IPA. Uh, a little on the bitter side, but still very good. This is also kind of old. I've actually had this for a while. I would imagine that's pretty tropical flavor, strong strong tropical, tropical flavors from those hops. Actually, I wouldn't say so, but maybe it's because it's been sitting around for a while. Oh. Yeah, it could be it. But anyway, it's, it's still good. Well, I'll see you uh, two connections and raise you three connections. With we have to get beer. find one with eight for the eightfold path. <laughs> this beer is uh, from Killsborough. This is called Illusion Strategy, and it is a double dry hopped <laughs> double India pale ale. It's 8.3% alcohol by volume. It's nice. It's light. It's good for a uh, hot as fuck day like it is. A light Every day 8.3% alcohol? Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of kind of scared, but it's, <laughs> it, t- it is a little bit of a bitter aftertaste, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like super strong. Brewed with, brewed with Pilsner, flaked oats, and white wheat, heavily dry hopped with strata. Pilsner, Pilsner is a type of malt as well as just a genre of beer. Oh, okay. That makes way more sense. So this is, uh, I'll have three connections. Illusion strategy, because the world's an illusion, and they need a strategy to get out of it. <laughs> India, <laughs> India Pale Ale, and Killsborough, because there is a famous Zen riddle, which is, what do you do when you see the Buddha on the side of the road? Kill him, because the real Buddha lives inside all of us. Really? Well, That's the answer? One. Every, the, Zen has a belief of uh, not necessarily like idolization of any anything including buddha because we are all buddha because everything is one and that's not really him anyway couldn't you just ignore him no he has to die <laughs> seems extreme he'll be back no he won't so that's not the whole thing like he's done he's that's he's the achieved point. moksa or whatever and he's free from the cycle of rebirth he's in nirvana I thought. some some choose Samsara. to stay to help others it's just they're just good like that yeah they haven't let go of the desire to help. <laughs> so we should also say that these beers were brought to us by our wonderful patrons over on Patreon. Oh, yeah. Those guys. They're pretty awesome. Sure is nice of them. If you head on over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club. There it is. You could uh, sign up and give us some monies, you know, because you want to live an ascetic lifestyle. And we could use that for purchasing beer for the show and other things. And in return... You get untold treasures, unbelievable rewards. It is like some of these things we should not be able to legally give away. Like you get to vote in our monthly book poll for which uh, which book one, once a month you get to pick one of the books. We pick all the choices, so it's it's very very rigged. Then you could also this is how democracy works. Okay, it would take too long to have a poll to choose the books for the poll. So. And we don't want to be like Jimmy's mom, be poll workers. You know what I'm saying? No, that's uh, true. Because she helps at elections. Uh, but the... Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely what you meant. 
more like erections work in the pole <laughs> okay so then you could do that go ahead over there you also get two weeks early access to our, our newest episodes if you just can't wait and starting in september you can join our patreon read-along of don quixote and if you join our highest patreon tier we will send you a copy of the book and coming soon drunk guys book club beer glasses so go so thanks patreon folk and uh if you don't want to do that that's cool too you could just leave us a review wherever you're listening that's also pretty sweet just round up to five stars for each time you've been reincarnated in this vicious cycle of life and rebirth in a yeah pl- too many <laughs> all right so then they they find the they find the buddha they find him like he's just there wearing like a yellow he's wearing like a yellow coat and in my head I pictured an Indian Gordon's fisherman. So I know that's not <laughs> what are you supposed to look like, but I can't think of anything sweatier than a raincoat in India. Um I think a raincoat in India is the name of like a, a very strange racehorse. Like that's like no, or, it's, uh, it's the name of it's the name of a uh what the fuck is that? Steely Dan album. Oh, that's definitely <laughs> it's definitely a Steely Dan album, yeah. <laughs> For, I, I could hear it now. It's about doing cocaine in the seventies, but it's called that. It's yeah, probably. So okay, <laughs> they they find the Buddha and like and if, and Govinda is like, hey, this is awesome. I'm gonna become a follower of Buddha, but Siddhartha is like, no, this isn't. I don't think this is for me. And this is getting to like, the, even though we're still in the beginning, this is kind of like the message of the novel. He goes and he talks to Buddha. And says, I, I agree with everything that you're saying, but there's just one problem. And he says, ba- basically, I have to go figure this out for myself. Because you can teach, you can pass on knowledge, but you can't really pass on wisdom. Because wisdom is earned it's over your, right? by, through your own experience, over your own lifetime. And so, I can't just become a follower and just, you know, just sit and meditate all day like these other dudes because that just won't work for me. And Buddha is like, have it your way. I give zero fucks. Yeah. It's kind of like men who, the stereotype of men who won't ask for directions when they're lost. (laughs) They could tell me the directions, but that won't help me. I need to find it on my own. Yeah, it's like, here are the directions. Like, (laughs) no. No, I need to figure it out on my own. It's like putting together a piece of Ikea furniture where, <laughs> you know, you could read the directions, but it's way more fun to just figure it out. That, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> so that's how we distilled the belief system of 300 million people to <laughs> Ikea furniture. You got to figure it out for you yourself, You just got to figure it out on your own, man. Hey, man, you do you. So then Govinda and Siddhartha part ways because Govinda's like more like the great fold path and he's just like, I'm on that. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then um, Siddhartha just wanders away and he meets, um, well, he wanders away to find his own way and I have a beer for that. This is called Wayfarer because he's, he, he's a wayfarer. This is an American IPA from Green Man. That is 6% alcohol and 70 IBUs. So it's also an India pale. So there's two connections. I mean, not really a stretch. It's like 80% of the beers we drink are IPAs, it seems. It is a very much of a what IPA was like when I was 21. You hop know, fest. Hop, yeah, bitter. It's nice. I, I, you know, it's almost, I almost kind of like this style again because I haven't had it much. 
You know, it's like the 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 styles have shifted so dramatically. Uh, I, yeah. uh, Green Man is in uh, fuck Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, we've had some of their other beers before, and they're a brewery that's been around for since like I want to say the late '90s. So it makes sense that one of their that their beers they're more like they're not as adventurous a brewery as as a place like Evil Twin doing new crazy stuff every week. So they uh, it doesn't make it's not a surprise that they have a traditional style IPA here. But it's pretty good. And then um, on his wayfaring ways, uh, Siddhartha meets Kamala, right? Well, first he meets the ferryman. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's a, a boat driver, not a ferry man. <laughs> a boat driver. He's a boat driver. It, it said nothing about his sexual orientation, so... They do sleep together in that hut later, so who knows? Oh, okay. Vasudeva. Vasudeva, which, by the way, like, I did not... Uh, a couple of the names, like, I was like, I know there's also another Siddhartha. This is confusing me. Every character's name is also a god or some figure in Hinduism or Buddhism. Like Kamala is a is something. Um, Vasudeva she's is the, the incarnation uh, of Vishnu or something. <laughs> well, yeah, she's... But but in the, at the end of my book, there was like a, a glossary and they were uh, all fucking gods and goddesses and shit like that. And I, I, I assume that's not on an accident or maybe Hesse, you know, because he lived in like Switzerland, he you know, didn't have access to many brown people to find out their names. So he just no, was like, he, I'll he just went there and yeah, like lived there and got into it. That's why he wrote this book. All right. So we'll get to why he wrote it at the end. I this, is, this story is kind of like uh, the Buddhist version of the gospel according to Biff. Like <laughs> a lot of the same people kind of doing similar things, but like just adjacent. I felt this was a lot more like a brown person version of the alchemist. Yeah. I was thinking alchemist. There's definitely also. comparisons. Yeah. All right, let's we'll get to, let's finish the plot. We're already a third through it, or closer. So he meets the boat guy, and Vasudeva. yeah, the first time he just takes the boat across and leaves, and he's like, guys, "I have nothing. I have nothing me. to pay you with." And the in the ferryman is like, "That's fine. You you everything comes back on the river. Like and I friendship. River. Yeah, you'll you'll pay me back eventually. It might have been a hand job." And he's like, it's just like, this sounds like the start of many, many pornos I've seen. It's like, I don't have any way to pay you. Well, I can think of a way. It's not just an ore you see there. You know, I could see something happening. But we yeah. don't know. We don't, it doesn't say it didn't happen, though. But they, he helps him across the river, and then he meets Kamala, who's some hot courtesan, right? She's just a, yeah. Yep. She's like a prostitute, I guess, right? Whatever she is. Like and, a, more like an escort. Like a high-end call girl. Yeah, it's like, well, but but sometimes, you know, you get the girlfriend experience with this escort. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's good at the freaky stuff. And he's like, I'm good at three things. And like they're like, waiting, not eating, and thinking. And she's like, that's really hot. And then they strike up a decades-long fuck relationship. Oh, wait, I have a beer for that. <laughs> oh, <do you? laughs> this is called Bear Bear. <laughs> oh, he, like he, was going, he, he was going in raw. A beer that I saw the week after we recorded our episode on bear, but I had to buy it anyway. Because <laughs> uh, do you think they were bear a lot of the time? Yeah, they, and they it doesn't say it doesn't say he wasn't really hairy. It's true. Also, he eventually knocks her up, so you know he was going in bear. <laughs> Precisely. Okay. This is a this is actually an interesting beer. This is a rye beer brewed with juniper berries by Off Color Brewing 
in Chicago, Illinois, it actually lists not only the hops, but also the malts and secret ingredients, juniper berries, wine barrel staves. So we've had a lot of off-color in the past, and that they can, they're one of the breweries that does that. They put like all the data on the side. They'll tell you the original gravity and the, uh, all sorts of stuff. And, it, and sometimes they have like little joke things in the in special ingredients and stuff like that. But that's pretty adventurous-sounding beer. It sounds like a Nordic wet dream. It's uh, interesting. <laughs> it is also kind of old. It, uh, it, it tastes like beer. I don't know. It's very malty. I mean, it's a rye beer. It is really just very malty. And since I don't drink gin very often, or maybe ever, because I don't know terrible. what juniper berry. I don't know what juniper berries taste like. And I'm really not getting the wine barrel staves either. Perhaps when this was fresher, I would get that. <laughs> <laughs> juniper is kind of. Um, Do people eat juniper berries, or is it just for gin? I think it's. I think you could. It's an ingredient. I think people use it for shit. Uh, besides, besides gin, I mean, it has like a piney kind of flavor. I mean, you could probably put them a little bit in certain things to give it a, an exotic flavor. I bet it's a. I mean, it's like a big ingredient in. Um, isn't like juniper a thing in like a fucking those those Nordic states? Those tall it's, blonde it, people. Gin comes from the Netherlands. So they're also they're tall. Like, they're like adjacent, so maybe everywhere in that area. Yeah, I don't know. Is it from the Netherlands? I didn't know that. It's from the Netherlands, and it blew up in England because at the time William of Orange was the king of England, and there at the time before that, everyone was drinking like brandy or something, and they were like, "Fuck that! This is French. French people suck. What's English? Nothing. What's it Dutch then? Because the king is Dutch. Gin. Gin is English now. Everybody get trashed." Did we learn about that in that history of drinking book? We did, yes. <clears throat> yeah. That's where, because they were making gin, it was basically so strong. It was basically like 180 proof, and people were getting demolished all the time. Yeah. Like the woman who sold her daughter's clothes to buy more gin. <laughs> Just like, yeah. She doesn't need all those clothes. It's like the worst, you picture like the worst horror stories of like meth and crackheads, like the things they've done in a desperation. It's just people like selling your parents' TV. Gin. Selling your kids' clothes is a little worse than your parents do. You're going to grow out of them anyway. That's true. Actually, when I, at the start of the quarantine, when, we were, when I was nervous about not having toilet paper, I was like, I could always just use the clothes my kid grows out of because it's like ridic- <laughs> at a ridiculous rate that I have to buy more clothes for this child. And it's like, yeah, she wore that one time, and now it's too small. I'm like, All right, let's, that's ripe for wiping. We should move back <laughs> to togas for babies. Just put him, you should dress them like house elves. Just put them in a little pillow sack thing it's good enough that's basically what they wear a lot of they're the not having memories <laughs> at this point anyway so who gives a shit i know but it's getting close now the kids almost at the point where she'll remember some shit in like horrifying like on a therapist's couch kind of way <laughs> so like the other day she like i was taking a whiz and she like, walked into the bathroom and she was like like what is happening and i couldn't <laughs> stop i don't have that kind of control and i had to just like play defense and keep her away, <laughs> but also not piss on the floor. So you have, to, you have to do more Kegels exercises, Michael. Now you just, just stop. <laughs> Use your taint strength. Okay, so I start doing those taint push-ups. Well, apparently, uh, uh, juniper berries are used in a lot of European foods, but particularly Norway and Norwegian and Swedish cuisine. So, I mean, 
those people don't know what tastes good. They just eat like pickled herring all the time anyway. So yeah, they would eat this shit. I would like solid gin, please. All right, back to this dumb book. Speaking of taint strength, he's like, I have to bang that hooker. I'm going to give up this whole... A lot. I'm going to give up this whole religion thing and just... She's hot, so I've got to give up all of my beliefs just to bang her. Because on the way there, he finds a lady in the river, and she's like, you want to bang? And he's like, "Uh, nah. Which means she might have been an uggo. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, "Ah, all right. But he sees this new prostitute, and he's like, damn, I got to do that. She's like... Uh, first of all, you look like a homeless dude because honestly, he was a homeless dude. <laughs> she's like, clean up a little, Accurate. come back, and she's like, all right. So he's like, I'm gonna go get a job with the best merchant ever. Well, she sends him there. Yeah, she right. sends him to the merchant, and the merchant is like, wait, you can read? You're hired, and yeah. he immediately becomes rich. The the bar for success was quite low back then. Like he can do anything; he's great at everything. But really, all you had to do is be able to read and write. Because then you were miles ahead of everyone else. Oh, yeah. Well, up until recent history, the majority of people were illiterate. Yeah. an accepted part of life. And writing was basically invented to keep track of business transactions. Like, that was like, the earliest writings that yeah. are actually, like, translatable, that aren't, like, squiggles on a cave. They tend to be things like receipts, essentially, or, like, inventories. I mean, like, that's the majority of early writings, that, and then also, like, religious bullshit. But, you know... No, that's like the two main things. Nate looked like he's about to contradict me, but I don't know. No, I was saying just like the book we're reading now. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. So he so becomes the best merchant in the world, but he doesn't care. It's like a game to him. He's just like, I like making money. Sure, that's fine. Ha, 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 But he uses that money to get himself a nice haircut and to bang a hooker for decades. Yeah, he has. it mentions like... Four, like I don't want to exaggerate, but 411 times it says that he has perfumed hair. It's constant. It's like, is this like a shampoo commercial a little bit? <laughs> like, is that yes. what, is that, was that in ancient India or even 1920s Germany? Was that the hallmark of a rich guy? Like, oh, perfumed hair. Well, head My and leash. shoulders are two of the chakras probably. <laughs> <laughs> so he has perfumed hair and he has like really nice slippers. And uh, and he bangs this hooker like a Salvation Army drum. <laughs> and they do crazy stuff because she's like, you know, Kama Sutra expert. She's, she's very limber. Do you think there were it like... did say that, yes. Fewer positions back then. Like, or, or have people... Did people invent them all a long time ago? And like we've, we've really plateaued on the sexual positions game. Or was it like she's like, she also sits on top of it. <laughs> I mean, some of those ones in that book are, they look uncomfortable, like no one's that flexible anymore. Certainly not here. Or, or, your, or your, uh, your member isn't quite long enough to accommodate that position. Yeah. Some of them is like, that's, what's, what are the proportions here? What's going on? This picture looks unrealistic, to say the least. I don't know. But uh, he's bangs her for a long time, and he becomes like the world's best slash worst dice player. <laughs> he just, yeah. plays, he just <laughs> yeah. shoots dice all the time, and it's like, there's a passage. Like, he invents He C-Lo. won a fortune. He lost a fortune. Yeah, he, he's playing seat. He's left, right, center, or whatever. He's playing some <laughs> dice game, and he's he bought a house and he so lost the house and he had all these things. He's just like, I don't fucking care. Like, I'll win things or not win things. I'm just addicted to the rush. <laughs> and he just basically gambled. he becomes a degenerate whore banging gambler for a while. It's like, <laughs> where is this going? This is not the path Sounds to enlightenment. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> 
after 20 years, he is like, oh, you know, I think I've had enough of this. Also, he gets Kamala pregnant, like, the, f- the last time they fuck. But he doesn't Final know. Time. He, he quits it. He, he is, he's, he's like, one, one for the road. <laughs> and he just leaves town without saying anything to anybody. But they had, they had kind of talked about it at some point, and she even she was like, maybe one day I'll like follow that Buddha guy. But for now, the whoring is really priority number one. Like as long as I'm hot, I'm going to do that. That's really what pays the bills here. Yeah, she had a mouth like a cracked fig, which I still don't understand what that means. Said that multiple times. My yeah. translation was a little different. I actually highlighted that too. It was a your mouth is like a fig split in two. So I guess she's got thick lips. She got the DSLs, but. I think that doesn't seem like the nicest thing to say to a lady. So he wanders off. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to go hang out by the river. They didn't have a van yet, so he hangs up by a boat <laughs> with a the, river. By the river. Down by the river. Yeah, and he learns from... He goes back to meet the ferryman. When man. you're living in a boat <laughs> down by the river. <laughs> Chris Farley was enlightened. That's, that's a prudent fact. He was certainly not into moderation, though. Since the next like 20 years working on the boat, ferrying people back and forth and just hanging out, and taking it easy and learning from with the river. that same ferryman guy, yeah. Uh, with that, and though, and so it's like, oh, I finally have come back. I remember you. And then he's literally like helping ferry people across the river and just basically doing a lot of nothing. And then, like five years later, at this point, Kamala has given up the uh, whore lifestyle and has become a Buddhist monk. But she has this like young kid, and she let the Buddhist monks like live in her pleasure garden, like pleasure garden. Like Not a euphemism, I think. <laughs> uh, and and they're it's both. <laughs> but she's just like walking along the road one day with the kid, and then she gets bitten by a snake because it's India, you know. She, you know, with the there. amount of trouser snake she had known, one was it's bound a to snake bite that. It's a, like, this is the one that bit back. She's like, I knew I shouldn't have used teeth all those years. So then she gets found by um, Siddhartha and uh, Boat Guy. And who, Vasudev? Vasudeva? Vasudeva. Uh, Vasudeva. I'd like to think when he, like, Americanizes his name, he's Vasudev. <laughs> 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 like, my parents named me that, but now you can call me Vasudev. Um, Sing. But anyway, um... They find her, and by the way, we've skipped over, like, Siddhartha has run into Govinda at least one other time at this point. He took him across on the boat. And then he's like, don't you recognize me? We used to sit together and do nothing, and (laughs) we would starve together, and Govinda's a monk, and he's like, oh, it's you, this is crazy, we should keep in touch on Facebook. Which I think is, you know, symbolic in that, you know, Siddhartha goes on a a decades-long bender. And, you know, <laughs> living up the lifestyle of the, you know, of the sinner. And then Govindo, who's been a, you know, Buddhist monk this whole time, doesn't even recognize his friend. Well, because he's not bone, he's not rail thin and covered I mean, in he flies. Also started his, he also started his life with going to, he was a prince. So, yeah. like, it's not like he was hurting before. Maybe he wasn't too much into whores and gambling, but... But every time Siddhartha runs into somebody from his past, he likes to play the, like, do you recognize me game? And, like, he does it with everybody, and he does it again with Kamala. like, bet you don't know who I am. She's like, I remember that dick. And then, that's your son, and then she dies. That's basically it. But I did write down this line because it was hilarious. Because they try to make, he, try, he tries to, like, keep the son with him and, like, teach him 
much, you know, he doesn't realize until the end that you can't teach him. He has to learn for himself. But Vasudeva says to him, don't force him, the arrogant and pampered boy, to live in a hut with two old banana eaters. <laughs> Do you remember them saying old banana eaters? He's like, oh, what, is, what does that mean? Dude, the theory of <laughs> the boatman being gay is, is, it's pretty substantial. Like if this was an English classroom, <laughs> we, could, like, we could argue it. It's possible. Uh, I have beer for this. <laughs> I really wanted to have this with you guys, just because I want you to, in the picture here, an image, It that looks like fresh squeezed orange juice. It's, it does, yes. It's, it's a bright orange. So uh, this is called Fresh Feet and No Chicken, and it's by Evil Twin, <laughs> because, you know, now Siddhartha is back on living that poor life, so he's certainly not eating any chicken. Um... They don't say if he's a feet guy or not with Kamala. Well, they're probably. But barefoot. after after decades of banging a whore, you know he at least tried it. He tried some foot stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is a this is brewed as a tribute to the kings of the milkshake IPAs, which I think is, is that like that sounds like a a modern day swing band like like they opened for the Cherry Pop and Daddies, like the kings of the milkshake IPAs. Um, this is a seven and a half percent alcohol milkshake style IPA brewed with milk sugar, clementine, mandarin. And vanilla, and it is sounds pretty good. It looks like carrot juice in the in coloring. It tastes like not orange juice from this planet, but like if you buy like a sweetened shitty orange juice drink. Sunny D, yeah, I don't want that purple stuff. Yeah, it's Sunny D, the beer. It is so much. There's so much orange to it that I actually had get heartburn after drinking too much of it. Like the acid, <laughs> and the, and the, uh, as opposed to regular beer, which you drink vast, vast amounts of, and it doesn't hurt us at all. It doesn't hurt. I don't get heartburn from beer, <laughs> but I've gotten heartburn from drinking this beer. I'm like, oh, it's like because orange juice gets me like reflux. <laughs> so now that I'm old and shitty, my body doesn't work anymore. Yeah, not in any way related to the amount of alcohol I've put into it. The this beer is is an alcoholic Sunny D, and it's it's fantastic if you're into that sort of thing, and if you're not, it's because you hate joy. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I don't know what this artwork is. It kind of looks like a, a Keith Haring kind of thing. Um, and I don't know why it's called Fresh Feet and No Chicken, but it's a really interesting beer from Evil Twin. Something to meditate on. <laughs> so then uh, Kamal's like, that's your kid. Go raise him. And his kid's a brat. And he grew up, you know, as the rich son of a whore. So <laughs> life was great. Yeah. He doesn't want to live in a hut and eat bananas. <laughs> so Arthur tries to raise him like he's a parent in 2020 he's like just kill him hey buddy that's okay that you just took a dump in my boat and you kicked (laughs) me I love you like and then he's trying to you know do the the kindness the kind stepdad routine and the kid eventually runs away and Vasudev is like listen that's for the best the kid will learn we got to get back to those bananas and uh, these bananas won't suck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then he's like, "All right, that's cool," because I really didn't want to be a dad anyway. He doesn't say that, but he gives up pretty I, quick. I, I infer well, he's, he's pretty sad afterward. Afterward, he is like, "I'm so sad." Whenever I see other people with their children, I'm so jealous. It makes me so sad. It's like gaping wound. So he, he's really Picking sad about gaping. that. <laughs> Get back to that hut. 
some plantains in places. <laughs> well, you know it's pronounced plantain, not plantain. That's like how white white people say plantain. It's plantain if you actually go to the the places where they eat them. <laughs> I'm never gonna say it that way. I kind of have to. Oh yeah, okay. but it's fine. So after a long time, Govinda comes back again, and at this point, they're both old. Vasudeva's dead, and Siddhartha's running the ferry on his own. And he's like, hey, man, you remember me? And he's like, oh, yeah, hey, man, what's up? Hey, you look less like less of a bag of shit now. That's kind of yeah. cool. You're doing your thing. You're just hanging out by the river. He's like, I learned everything, River Man. I got it all figured out. And he's like, that's great. I haven't figured it out yet. I've been trying real hard. And he's like, kiss my head. And he's like, all right, kiss his head. And he becomes enlightened. What a nice gift for a friend. <laughs> they didn't say which head. <laughs> it, did, it didn't. But it's like, and his face became other faces. Like, that was his O face. It was <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I got it. <laughs> so, yeah, then he's kissed my head and you'll become enlightened. And he's like, thanks a lot, dude. And that's the end. And this spear that I have from Wild East is called Hypersaturate because Siddhartha likes to uh, do everything to extremes hypersaturated in not eating, hypersaturated in prostitution, hypersaturated in gambling, hypersaturated in boats. <laughs> and he learns. So rambling, gambling, boating man. This is a double India pale ale. It's got an interesting aftertaste. It's got like a weird kind of fruity, bitter flavor. I can't place it. Does it say anything about it? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. I think I prefer the Killsboro one. But if I got this, I would not be disappointed in it. So that's the end of the book. It's a short book. It took me a long time. Very short. I really didn't like any of it. I waited until this morning to read about three quarters of it. Because I was like, this is really dumb. Recently, I was looking up famous short books, you know, like so I could read those and feel like I still read a book. And this was on that list. This is a short book. It's very famous, very popular. It was it took me a long time to read it and I texted you. I was temp- you know, reading it and I was like this bo- oh god, another chapter I can't right now. I was more tempted to restart reading Infinite Jest than to keep reading this. I actually did start Infinite Jest instead of reading this. <laughs> And I've, I, I know I know that Infinite Jest is a fucking slog. And I was like, I, but actually, parts of that I liked. Um, yeah, so what's the point? What's the, what's the message, right? This is a message book. And it's very much like okay. The Alchemist. Yeah, so basically, as I kind of said before, the point is that, you know, wisdom comes from learning it yourself through your own, living your own life, and through your own sort of trials and suffering and things like that. So... Siddhartha meets Buddha right in the beginning of the book. And, but Siddhartha says, you know, uh, you, you say all these things. And he doesn't, like, come out. He doesn't explain it in detail. But, like, okay, so he talks about the Four Noble Truths, which are, you know, the beginning of Buddhism. All life is suffering. Suffering is caused by desire. The way to relieve suffering is to give up your desires. And the way to give up your desires is to follow the Eightfold Path. And in fact, did you notice that the first section of the book is really like the Four Noble Truths and then the second section, which is four chapters, and the second section of the book was eight chapters. Fuck, I did like not notice path. that. Symbolism. Thank you, Wikipedia, for pointing that out to me. <laughs> uh, and so, 
uh, uh, Siddhartha basically decides to experience on his, experience it on his own. He decides to go give in to his desires for money, wine, gambling, and sex. And then after 20 years, is like, yeah, this kind of really sucks. And then after giving it up, giving all of that up and becoming a poor boatman, does he actually achieve nirvana? When he decides he needs to, when he lives it and then realizes it's not good, instead of just being told by Buddha or by a Buddhist, like, hey, dude, you got to just give, you, you should just give that stuff up. Doesn't he, he meets Buddha again at the end because at the end they go to find Buddha before he dies and he talks to Buddha again because he's got like connects and you can just walk up to the dude and Buddha's like, man, you got it too. That's cool. I'm happy for you. Kind of. <laughs> cool story, guy. He's like, thanks, man. Get your own name. <laughs> like, what are the odds? Like, do you think in school he's like, oh, I'm Siddhartha B. It's I mean, Siddhartha I honestly G. don't know if it's a common name or not. It might fucking be. But was it his young son, also named Siddhartha? Yeah. So the, technically, aren't there three Siddharthas in this very short book? Yeah. What are the odds? There's also some, another name. Oh, another thing that confused me, probably because you guys are maybe more knowledgeable about this, but Brahmin and Brahman are two terms that get used that I had to learn what the difference was. And when I'm reading fast, I was like, I don't know yeah, what's happening. Yeah, Brahmins are the caste, but it's also yeah, a belief in Buddhism or Hinduism, or maybe both of like the underlying nature of reality is the, what it's called. Or, or, or I've also heard it explained as like the big overall God in Hinduism and then all the other gods in Hinduism are just like one aspect of Brahma or one yes. little piece of Brahma or one little thing. But technically, Hinduism is a monotheistic religion because there's like there's one thing and all the gods are just kind of little pieces of it. Right, it's a mono. It's monotheistic, but with um, Hollywood split personality disorder, where it can but, have but dramatically millions, different aspects. But jilly, everything is an aspect of Brahma. All things, all things, exactly. Right. Sure, man. Including, well, isn't that part of us? But isn't part of like the history of Hinduism, like British um, colonists, just kind of like lumped what would have been a lot of local religions together and they're like that's just what the brown people do like yeah even the term hinduism is not the term used traditionally by hindus that's just like the name for like people from india they're like brown people religion yeah, that that aren't muslim or sikh yeah or and, jain or many of the other religions that are technically not hindu it's, it's basically it's a country of the size of a continent with as many people that it, it Britain said this is one thing now and people were like okay yeah and it all comes from the Indus right isn't that where Hindu comes from ultimately it comes from the Indus River something like so. that yeah and like the name Maybe. of the country was like Hindustan for a while which is like land of the Hindus but I think their name at least for some of some people there was Bharat oh that thing with the with the mozzarella and uh, yes. <laughs> the tomato Burat <laughs> hey, Maybe it is all one religion <laughs> All things are one So the point of the book I guess is like You can be told the lesson But you need to learn it yourself That's more Like that's experience As the best teacher I, I found a article on This uh, on as a magazine Called Tricycle Which is a Buddhist magazine Because <laughs> they like tricycles 
Is that really what it's called? It's because it's because uh, Buddhism is you know the three jewels of Buddhism, which is like the three things you can rely on. Are there are three things? It's Buddha, the Dharma, which are like the teachings of Buddha, and the Sangha, which are the community of monks. So like it's these three things will help you. You can rely on them and look to them for comfort and understanding and learning and shit. So it's called tricycle. But I had to look it up why it was called tricycle because I didn't get it either. Uh, but it said it was published in you know the twenties because he wrote it. He started writing it in um, nineteen eighteen or nineteen nineteen. He was a very weird dude. He had a lot of nervous breakdowns, and he went to psycho psychotherapy like with Carl Jung, like the actual dude. And Carl Jung had this whole uh, thing that you know is probably it's disavowed now. Is like that's that's crazy. Don't talk about that anymore. Uh, which is the humanity has the collective unconscious, which is like this big dream world we all feed off of. And that's why like origin stories and myths all have similar things. And like in our primal state, we all, you know, have like dreams come from this collective unconscious of humanity. So we're all connected and he kind of got into that kind of shit. And so in 1919, Hesse went to India and he lived there for a while. Uh, He wrote, he wrote the first part of the book, which is the first four chapters and then he said, like, I can't write the book because I haven't lived it myself yet. So for the next two years, he did a bunch of shit and they did a lot of meditation and, like, got into it a little bit more. And after a while, he's like, he, he said he's not a Buddhist, but he does, like, meditation and, you know, the outlook on life. He, uh, he, he kept that for the rest of his life. And he finally finished it in 1922, and it blew up over in Asia and India, like, they loved it for some reason, even though it's kind of like white-splaining their own shit to them. <laughs> and not terribly well, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, you take what you get from it. I said this, this was from the article. It says, published in the U.S. during the Cold War, Siddhartha addressed a perennial unrest and provided a new set of values for a generation of young people disenchanted with their parents' conservatism. By the author's own admission, Siddhartha is a story about individuality and self-expression, a quintessential Western tale cloaked in Indian garb and self Indian garb and punctuated with a staunch nonconformity that served across both generations and cultures. So it was part people just pissing off their parents and part like you do you man, but with a touch of magic or mysticism, or what we would see as mysticism. And that kind of latched on people who were worried about the Cold War getting nuked. All that shit. It's like, this is a bummer. We must turn to the east and rub herbs on our wounds, which is what people <laughs> still do. <laughs> I mean, I, I could see why. In, I mean, also, I, I wonder if there must have been some connection to World War I, why he would write this book, too. He was, um, he was like a very, like, he's like a, I think he was a pacifist. He was like very against World War I, and he like got out of that area like right after it. So that probably fucked him up. He was a nervous dude. He had some problems. All right. This book is still very popular today. It's more a work of philosophy than a novel or like literature. I assumed it was kind of an, an attempt to introduce Europeans to Buddhism. You know, I don't really know how much Europeans knew about it in 1922, but it can't have been a lot. No, it was definitely, it was probably seen like, you know, like the magic religion of, like people in Indi- in England probably knew more about it than a lot of mainland Europe because England owned 
owned India, and they had a lot more exposure to it. Even they heard probably, but Buddhism isn't actually that big in India. I mean, no, it is it's not. like there definitely, but it, but you know, Buddhism, while it started in India, is really the main religion of Eastern Asia, thanks to trade routes, and not really. But it kind of just no, went away in, in, in mostly India for a long time. Right, like all the major branches or the divisions of Buddhism, which I don't fucking understand any of those things either. But there are like Tibetan Buddhism and Zen, which there's is like three Buddhism. three main ones, which is like Theravada, which is like basically the Catholicism of Buddhism, where it's like strict oh, rules boys. and yeah, they definitely fuck kids. Uh, and you know, like <laughs> there's it's more of a hierarchical thing. They just have to copy everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's, prim- that's that's mostly found in like Thailand and like uh, Malaysia or not Malaysia, that's a Muslim place, but like Southeast Asia. And there's Mahayana Buddhism, which is like Zen, which is, Zen is basically just Buddhism smushed together with Taoism and like add a little bit of like weird stuff. And then the third one is esoteric Buddhism, which is like Tibetan stuff, which is a lot of mixed in with like shamanism and outright like small, weird little animism religions of which the Dalai Lama is a part of he's not the president of Buddhism like many Americans think just Richard Gere thinks that <laughs> just well he, he has to have someone who can get that gerbil out of his anus <laughs> I said it was animism I have an atom, animism stuck analism analism <laughs> do you know that Hesse won the Nobel Prize in literature I couldn't tell you anything else he wrote but I don't know much about the man uh, the only thing I know the name of he wrote a book called Steppenwolf which I just think of Born to be Wild. Like, I don't know. Bad to the Bone. What, they did not do Bad to the Bone. That was George Thurman. No, I'm thinking of, uh, what the fuck was a Magic Carpet Ride song. That's them. As well. yeah. That's Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf, yeah. And that's pretty much all they did. They have a couple other minor songs, like The Pusher and shit like that. But, um, I mean, the guy, you know, probably the problem with the Nobel Prize in literature, not a problem, but challenge for anyone, is that most of the works of those authors are not in English. So unless you, you know, seek out translations, which may not even be available, or you are really eager, you're not going to know much of their stuff. But when did but he, he win the Nobel Prize? 1946. Before our time, a little. Oh, Nate, oh, Nate, Nate, you Nate. probably read it when it was new. <laughs> it's a bestseller. <laughs> Picked it up. Hear that new, new book? It's on. It's on a stone tablet. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I had the whole collection. But very strong shoulders from carrying them. I just, uh, all right, I don't, um, what did I miss, man? I didn't like this book. I thought it was boring and stupid, and I didn't, like, the message, I also thought it was boring and stupid. It's also, (laughs) like, The Alchemist, not the kind of thing I like. It is definitely not my kind of thing. I guess it doesn't fit my personal legend. (laughs) Ooh. I don't know. It wasn't my treasure. (laughs) Well, I feel like there's a slight difference. It's not... If as just a standalone novel, as like it is, you know, if you if you are if you're not reading it in terms of like what does it say about Buddhism and blah blah blah, and it doesn't if you kind of take out the magical quality about it, it's just a really dumb story. Like it is not. Yeah. It, no. It's, it's it's like he doesn't. It's like he doesn't have to struggle with anything, even though I know technically he does. But like everything is just so easy. He's just like first he's like. I just go to the some the Samarans? No, who 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 the Samanas? Samanas, Samanas, whatever. Anyway, he just and he just instantly becomes 
I mean, instantly, it's actually years, but, you know, in terms of the book, it's next paragraph, he becomes, so, you know, the expert at fasting and meditating and thinking. And then, without, like, conflict, he, the character doesn't have, like, inner conflict. It just kind of shows up, oh, you know what? I don't really like this. Let's leave. Oh, okay. It, it's not like, it's just as a novel, it's just not constructed in a, at least in a modern way. I think that, that part is, he's, it's the same thing that the actual Buddha did, which was he was a prince, and he was like, he finally discovered like, whoa, there's a whole world yeah. out there, what the fuck is that? So he says, okay, I'm going to try all this other stuff, and he goes and he joins the ascetics, and he like masters that. He's like, this is not for me. And then he does all the other stuff, and he's great at it. So it's kind of just, I probably like just some parallels there. He's trying to do like similar yeah. stuff, but a different message in the end. Why name the guy Siddhartha if you're not trying to draw parallels with the actual Buddha. He didn't know any other names. Could have picked up. Well, that was my, my half-assed theory, but like you said, he actually went to India. He he must have met at least one, you know, Dev or Raj or something. Like, he could have just picked a different fucking name. No, yeah, he definitely it's, did it's it. A, it's not an accident. On purpose. He could have just named the guy Om. He could just give any other just <laughs> na- word that's vaguely, like, Indian. And people are like, oh, yeah, that's the thing. Who should read this? I, I liked it. I mean, I... I, I haven't read The Alchemist. I know I wouldn't like it. I feel like the difference in that is, in the end, it was all meaningless because Jesus gives you your thing and you just shut the fuck up and take it, but said nicer. And this is more like, you got to do you, man. Whatever you may be, you do you and do the best you can do at that. And You're also interested in Asian, you know, Eastern philosophy, it seems. I, I, I mean, I went through a, a phase, as every white boy does. Uh, I wouldn't say that I consider myself Most this at all. Porn. Oh no, you can do both. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I like the I like the outlook of it. I kind of I, I identify with what they're going for. Like it makes sense to me. Just before I even learned about it, I was like, I was like yeah, I get that. I kind of feel that way already. So that's probably why. I mean, I don't like any of the mysticism shit. I think that's unnecessary. But, you know, in the end, it's a short book that the message is, you got to figure things out for yourself. You know, you can learn all you can learn all you want, because that was the big criticism that he has in the book is that you can be even teaching, even learning from Buddha himself and learning that stuff theoretically. And like, it's all very cerebral. It's not going to work as well as just doing it. You know, it's practical versus theoretical knowledge, which... I think it makes a certain amount of sense. I mean, some things you have to learn. You have to, you have to be taught, you know, the basics. But, I mean, if you, if, you like, if you had someone who just read a thousand books on how to fix a car and said, okay, go fix that car, they'd be like, oh, fuck, all right, good luck to me. But if you, you know, are raised doing it and you, like, fix a bunch of cars, you will figure out how to do things for yourself, which is, I don't know, it's kind of an argument against, like, just intellectual circle jerking which some things tend to be which is also a big part of you know the western version of buddhism which is like just ah they're like all the zen koans and all those like what is the sound of one hand clapping people are like ah i know the answer therefore i get it but it's like the point is not to have an answer the point is to teach yourself how to think differently by the way the sound of one hand clapping is claw yeah (laughs) it is well it could also be puh Or ping. ping. <laughs> one. Do one hand. Just 
close it. Make a clapping noise. Take that, Buddha. Got him. Got him. <laughs> oh, I'm enlightened. Who's enlightened now? <laughs> all right. So, I mean, I hear all that, and you're, it's it's still reasonable. It's still not a great work of literature in terms of like plot oh. and characters. It's not, it's not, it's a, it's, it's more like Camus where it's like, this is all like a metaphor for something except it's, I, I found I could read this that one to kill myself. I struggled with it, but you know, but it's much shorter. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Well, not, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess so. The plague wasn't actually that long. It felt for, it felt interminable. <laughs> it felt like an actual like plague. 95 pages. I guess read it if you're, if you're into that kind of thing or curious. I think it's a popular book in jails. Said Arthur. Is it? Why in jail? They t- think about shooting dice. Think about you know banging horse. Got time. <laughs> time to better yourself. I don't know. I mean, it, it's the sort of thing that I could see a certain type of person reading this book and being like, "I am enlightened now, and now I'm a spiritual person." Kind of yeah. like the same person who does that from The Alchemist. You know, you kind of read it and you're like, "Oh, now I'm." It's definitely a big. There's definitely in the Venn diagram of those people. It's almost a circle. Mm. But the answer well, isn't secret Jesus. Fucking alchemist still haunts us. <laughs> All right. Anything else to say? Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And uh, don't wait until a boatman comes and peels your banana. Uh, leave us a review wherever you're listening. Just round up to five stars. Why don't you? That'd be cool. Or you can give us money on Patreon if you'd like to. We will spend the money on beer, not on prostitutes. <laughs> Promise. <laughs> Most of it. Pinky swear. Nate, I don't, and, mm, we'll see. And, and check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. <laughs>